Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Got a mean twist at the head. <laughs> right at the head. He's twist got to a, the left a little bit. He's the got head. a barbed penis. <laughs> <laughs> the head twists off to the left a little bit. <laughs> he's angled out like Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show. Coming at you from the Pico Youth Center in the beautiful city of Santa Monica. Sitting next to me is my co-host, is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here to do another motherfucking show once again. So wake up! Yeah! Yeah! Nice. Nice. And... On sound, old blue eyes. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional engineer. For the hard luck show. Right on. And we got Big Pick Mike in the house. What's Scat up, man. What are that? Are we doing any more songs like that anymore? We're going to be on the hard luck rhyming it really hard, right? Right. down. What? Like everybody else. We got Lion on the right, man. Chilling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, shit, now you're doing introductions, huh? Yeah, oh, fuck. fuck me, huh? Oh, hey, fucking this guy over here, oh. fucking getting all pitch sensitive. We have <laughs> everything. the illustrious, elusive, talented, gem, my friend, our friend. The friend. That has not been in in a while. That's come in to check in and check in with the Hard Luck Show. I want to welcome in our good friend, Lion to the show. Oh, yeah. My boy. You my young Thank brother. You. Yes. You got one out? He's yeah, put a uh, uh, ear check. Sound check. Sound check. He's got one. We got one out. We got one out. We got one out. We got a loose one. We got a wild one. We got a wire that's hanging. Did it fix? I think, yeah. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, we're see, that's back. why he's the audio engineer. He just Wait, walked over and yep, scared okay. the wire. He wiggled it with a little twist Wait, to the right. Abracadabra. <laughs> Are we back? <laughs> no, Twisted we're back it out sideways. Again. Back out again. You gotta go back over there and scare the headphones, yeah. Sean. Yeah, Twist it. Get over Twist there. It. Why Twist are you it. unzipping your pants? You don't have to do that for this. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you taking your clothes off to do this? <laughs> I don't need that. Okay, I think we're good. Okay. All right. We're back. Are we back? Don't touch it. Just a, You're gonna just fuck a it. quick little twist. <laughs> no touch, no touch. No touch. No touchy Thrust touchy. and twist. Right. All right. No money, no honey. All right, let's go. Where are we at with this? You tell me. I, you tell me. I, I mean, Go yeah. ahead. I'm asking you. Lion is an open book. Lion. I can Lion, answer whatever here. question you want. Shoot it off, Chumahan. <sighs> Let's start. Gentlemen, shoot it off a little to the right. What is, tell us, please, check in. Yeah, absolutely, we Lion. We haven't talked to you. It's been a while since How we've had you been? on. The last time that I was on, I think, was when we did the live show with my art show. Right. You were in a suit. I was in a suit. You were calling shots, bro. You were a shot caller. You had the suit on. You had different groups around you. You were. I was trying to sell my photos. Yeah, we're doing yep. good, brother. Your beautiful photos. I got a cramp on that show. Remember yep. that? Scanners. Yep. Yep. Scanners. Yep. Yep. So, so what's happened since the show and now? Oh, man. It has been a wild, wild ride. Uh, so, I've actually... Uh, been dealing with a lot of medical issues the past uh three years so when we did that when we did that show i had just uh gone out of the hospital like the day before and i was in the hospital for a month yep and since then i've spent 485 days in the hospital Jesus wow Christ, yeah 485 days so that's over a year 
a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half almost. Is that what yeah. that is? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro. 365 is a year. Right. So, I got that yeah. part. <laughs> I got that, but I didn't know how much, if we we're up to the half yet. So wait a second. So was it all for one thing or multiple? It was, it was uh, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit. Um, so back in 2015, I started a chemotherapy for a tumor that was in my stomach. Um, and one of the side effects of that chemo that you just, it was on the second page far down. You don't look at it as something that would be, you know, relevant. And it said weakening of the intestinal wall. Um, and then I went back on the, the drug again in 2018 and it just continued to get my small intestine just continued to get weaker and weaker and weaker. And come 2019, it perforated. Mm. Meaning a hole went in. So yeah, a hole tore open in my small intestine. And that's in, the, what, in your small intestine, that's where, like, that's where the, the initial, food or the shit. I mean, it's not that, shit yet. No, that's that's where the food food's coming through. Right. So you get and, slurpees and shit coming. And you through. don't. And there's a lot of intestine already not there, right? Well, I don't have a my whole large intestine and colon is completely gone. So I had that removed when I was seven. I had stage four colon cancer. Right. So I already don't have majority of my intestine, and all I have is my small intestine left, mm-hmm. and. So when that happened, the first time I went to the hospital, um, I developed an abscess. So I started leaking fluid out of my small intestine, and your body creates an abscess to uh, block that fluid from going into the bloodstream and, and you know, from going septic. I, I got really sick, and then I went in the hospital. But that abscess got so big that it completely obstructed my small intestine, so nothing was going through. Got it. And so everything was just backing up, backing up, backing oh, up. Man. And uh, finally, you know, I got super sick. I had like 105 fever and I blacked out, had to call the ambulance. I thought that I fried my brain. Like it was a, it was a really yeah. traumatic experience. And fried your brain, why? So when you have a fever that high, your, your brain is literally frying. Yeah. Like when you, when you have a fever over 104, it's so hot that it, you feel like you, you feel like you fry, like legit, like had like a, an acid trip where you fried your brain. And when I came to after the blackout, I looked at myself in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself and I couldn't say my name. I couldn't, like they're asking me my birth date. I couldn't say my, I couldn't get my birth date out. Like my, what like, did it feel like to be in that state? I mean, did you know you were you, but you were I knew trouble? that I was me, but I couldn't, I couldn't get anything out. And it was the scariest feeling. Like I knew that there was something wrong with me, but I couldn't figure out what it was. Did they induce you into a coma? That was this year. That, that that's a whole nother Wait, going back okay. to the, to the brain fry. But when you so you internally, took, you know, like, okay, I have the information, but I from can't, I can't to get, get it out. Something's I happening. Cu- couldn't get it out. Wow. Yeah. Like Fuck. I knew it, like I knew my birthday, right. but I just couldn't, the, like I couldn't vocally say it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was just, something was blocking it. It was. So what, so did they do a rehab thing or no, what? No, no, it can't, it just, it just, it just came, came back. back. Yeah. It came uh, back like within like the next 10 hours. Like Fuck. I just kind of slowly came back to, and since then I've had. 405 fevers and 106 fever. Jesus And the 106 fever, I, it was like an out-of-body experience where I legit thought I, I, I left my body and I was staring at myself. Were like, you up? Like, yeah, I was up above myself and no staring shit. looking down and I was like, I, my soul just left my body and this was it. Like I, I thought that that was the end and I wasn't coming back. Were you scared? It was, there was fear, but it was also peaceful. Like mm-hmm. it was really peaceful. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I don't know how to explain it. It was like I was above myself looking down at myself and it wasn't like I was afraid, but I knew that like, I was like, this, something's not right. And, but I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of what was happening. Did mm-hmm. you feel any pain at that point? No, at that point, all the pain was gone. Right. Like, Cause like when you have fevers, like when you have a fever that high, like your body is convulsing, like you're, you're almost seizing and like you're so hot like it's like i was profusely sweating my heart mm-hmm. rate was at like 190 and it was at 190 for like 35 minutes 
for like 40 minutes. So like my heart rate just would not go down. Like even uh. after, even after I came to and came back, like my heart rate, they had to, they had to inject, I forget what the drug is, but it's some, some drug to like, to get your heart rate down. And I just could not, like I, I, like my skin color changed. Like my whole body was just vibrating. Mm-hmm. Like I could see my, like my, my chest was just nonstop. And it was such a, like, I thought I was about to have a heart attack. Right. And I was in the, back in the ambulance and I was just like freaking out. I started crying and I just was like, oh, my heart's going to stop. Like yeah. it, it can't. Yeah, it's going to give out. It, it can't go you, for this long. When you floated up and looked down at your body, did you have a sense that you were, you might be going somewhere? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. No, I, I thought that that was my soul leaving my body. Right. But did you get a sense of where the soul would no, go? I didn't know where I was going to go. But I just felt like I just like I just left the physical form. Wow. And and that was that was like it just it just felt like my soul leaving my body and looking down at like a lifeless body, like an unconscious body, like knowing that it's me. But it just like it was just it was a very it's hard to put it into words like what it felt like. Like I said, it was very peaceful. Right. But it was, you know. Like I said, I wasn't scared. It was just like it's just a unique. It's such a unique feeling. Like you can't. Did you feel describe. connected to everything, or did you feel alone? I felt was alone. Interesting. Yeah, I felt. I felt kind of alone, just like not knowing where I was going to go next. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it just like all of a sudden just snapped back in, and I opened my eyes. Wow. And I was back, just conscious again. Wow. And I remember like. You know, when when you're having those fevers, like you're you're so delusional. Mm-hmm. Like I was yelling at my wife to get my nurse for me because something was wrong, and she's like, "We're at home. Like we're not at the hospital. There's no nurses here." Damn. And I'm like, "No, you need to get the doctor and get the nurse. Like they need to come in here right now. Like something bad's about to you happen." You don't even know where you're at. No, I had no idea where I'm at. And like, and she she's had to deal with it multiple times. Where, you know, when I have those fevers, I just start just gibberish like i just start just talking yeah. random stuff like just the weirdest things start coming out of my mouth and it's like 20 to 30 minutes of this blackout and then i come to again and when i come to it's that feeling of like you know my brain feeling like it's fried and and not being able to put everything together and and it's like a very lonely feeling mm. like when you when you come out of those like high fever blackouts like yeah. you, it's it's almost like you have like you have no there's no happiness there's no sadness. yeah no emotional there's no. no emotion at all like there's just nothing they when when I OD'd on meth mm-hmm. I started going through the uh, the heart rate and yeah. just pouring sweat yeah and I was in a car I don't remember anything I blacked out some lady saw me and thought that I was having epileptic seizure foam was coming out of my mouth. And I remember that once I woke up a day later in ICU UCLA, mm-hmm. the doctors had told me you were overheating, yeah. and we had to induce you into a coma, or you would have fried your brain completely. Yeah, I know. And I remember when crazy. I came out of it for the next couple of days, I couldn't cry or laugh. Yeah. I was in this weird space. I couldn't really put together thoughts. Like I just felt like almost alone on the planet. Like yeah. I was shell shocked. It what, felt like you know what I'm saying. What what causes an OD? What is that? Though many things cause OD. This was me eating fucking uh, almost an eighth of fucking meth. And you ate and ate the meth because I thought the cops were coming in. Holy fuck! And I drove Jeez. down to go get cigarettes and started overheating, and my body started kind of doing the fish, and then I don't remember anything. And some lady saw me, and thought cold. I was having epileptic seizure yeah. in my car. Right. She said I was foaming from the mouth. And they came, cut my clothes off, did my thing. And they induced me into a coma so that I wouldn't overheat. Yeah. You know? But I just, I only say that to say that. That feeling. That feeling afterwards, I felt very alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I couldn't reach any emotions. Yeah. it's a, it's a, shell shock. Like a shell it, shock. Yeah, it is. It's like shell shock. Like you just... There's not like you don't feel anything. Yeah. Like I remember like my mom was driving me to the hospital because usually we've dealt with it so many times that we don't call the ambulance that much. Like we like I can get through it at home mm-hmm. and then, you know, either my wife or my mom will drive me to the hospital after I've come to come back again. And uh 
and yeah, I remember the one of the times like my mom was driving me to the hospital and I was just telling her like I have no there's just nothing inside of me. Like I just feel empty. Yeah. And having that conversation is just a, such a crazy conversation of just like talking to someone, you know, you love so much, but you have no emotional just connection to anything. Right. It's Does right. it feel like a, a sense of emptiness? Yeah. No, you feel com- you feel like completely empty. It's just gonna, this might sound weird, and I don't mean it to sound disrespectful if it does, but I feel like some like Zen people are trying to get to that state of Maybe. total emptiness where there isn't any. I mean, possibly. I I don't know, but is it peaceful? You said it was lonely. No, it's lonely. I don't I don't know if anyone wants to get to that point. Right. Like you, yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be there. He thought about it was peaceful right when he was floating over well, yourself. There was, there, no, was pe- there was peaceful when I when I left my body. Right. In that moment, but after is right. is is like a, a feeling you never want to feel. It's like it's like being. It's like it's like having just nothing, no love, no hatred, no anger, no sadness, no happiness, no just nothing. Like you were just just completely drained of every emotion you've ever felt and you just feel like you're just empty of everything i can see on big well, Pick's, makes, mike's face that he's like i think i'm feeling that right now i i, I mean it would it Not would feel me. like uh i mean it would imagine you know in that book conversations with god he right. says sometimes you think you go through your life thinking sometimes that you're your body and sometimes you think you're your brain but it's not until the moment of death that you realize what you really are. Which is? Meaning you're the soul. All right. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and man, it really sounds like the, maybe the soul had left the body. Yeah. Is looking at it. And then the snap of a finger, the soul reenters the body again. Yeah. I kind of like, fuck the fuck, you know? Yeah. I mean, that completely could be it. I have no idea. Yeah. But that's, yeah. I mean, that's how it felt. How is, how do you, all right, so let's, 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 let's talk about it directly because I mean, dude, we're only not that far into the last time we saw, right? This is like just one episode of a bunch of other shit that's gone on. So, so. But before we get there. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of, I'm kind of curious now. So you got a lot of people around you in Los Angeles that are spiritual, mm-hmm. right? They got the fucking rosary yeah. beans. They got the fucking. Lion spiritual. Well, yeah, it says, well, I'm thinking that lion has at least gone through some adversity that would test most people's faith. Oh, come right. on now. Listen, what am I, crazy one? Yeah. Anyway, point is, though, how, so you said I have no opinion on it, which is an interesting point, what Big Lux just said. So how has the last time that we've talked, has any of this stuff informed your understanding that God, is there a God? Is there multiple gods? Is there a soul? What do you think based on your experiences? On my experiences, I believe there's a higher power. There's something. I don't know if it's a man, a woman, whatever it may be. I mean, like the way that I was taught is, is I'm, I have a, you know, a God of my understanding. Right. And you know, whatever that may be, it's anything greater than myself. Right. So this room of us right now is greater than me by myself. So I could look at this as my God for the moment. Well, so but <clears throat> other than what you've been taught, right, what is your experience? My yeah. experience with Showing the me. most recent, the most recent experience I had earlier this year when um, I got placed into a coma, and they gave me twenty percent chance of waking up. Um, I don't remember uh, anything from being in the coma, but supposedly there was a medium that is friends with my mom that was uh, communicating with her while I was in the coma. And my two uncles that passed away were in the room with me and they were guiding me, helping guide me make the decision whether I was going to go to heaven or go to wherever, you know, whatever you want to call it, or if I was going to come back to my body. Mm. And I guess they said that they were in the room with me and I was just sitting above my body, you know, making that decision for three days. Mm. And I believe that there's something greater than me that, you know, pulls the strings of something. Because, you know, we look at the world like there can't be no creator of anything. 
I think. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm with you. I'm, I just I'm that's just my personal opinion. Like you know, you look at the just the evolution of the world and like and people in general, and like there's got to be something bigger than us. I believe that there's something bigger. There's than something us. bigger than us. I don't know what that is, but that's just my perspective on it. Did you now you? Did you see your uncle's? No, this I don't is the remember. medium talent. Did this you the meet me- the medium in the netherworld? Did she come up to you and be like, "Hey, I'm your mom's no, friend"? No, I no, I don't remember. Like, I have no recollection of of the coma. Okay. Um, I've talked to her after the fact. And okay. She's told me everything that she witnessed after the fact. And do you believe it? Yeah. One hundred percent. Said that was zero hesitation. One hundred percent. Well, the craziest thing was this is where it gets really trippy is that so the day that I went into my coma, my uncle died. Holy shit. And she told my mom, your two brothers are in the room with lion right now in his coma. And my mom was like, what do you mean? My two brothers, one of them's not, you know, there's only one that's passed away. Right. And she's like, well, there's two of them in there. And this is before my mom or anyone found out that my uncle had died. Oh, we didn't wow. find out until two days later. And so the kept, medium knew before your mom knew. Yes. The wow. Medium, the medium kept saying, both your brothers are in the room with him right now. Wow. And we couldn't fit. Like my mom couldn't figure out what that meant until they found out that Steve, Steve was passed. Yeah. Steve passed away. <clears throat> and then it made sense <clears throat> to her that Steve was in the room with me, helping make the decision with, you know, his brother, John. Right. And right. so, I believe 100% the fact that she said that. Right. Is, I mean, that's, that's just. Proof beyond a doubt. Exactly. How did she, how how would she know she that? Know? Exactly. Right. And so to me, I, I'm like, that right there is just, that's evidence that. Something. Something is greater, you know. Sure. That there's some bigger purpose behind everything. And, you know, so that's how I see it. So. Okay, so how, so I mean, where do we go from here? We just we got the coma stories, we got those, and I'm trying to think about where we go. Can I want to know yeah. more about like what is your take on this, Lion? It's well, like what like like through this, you have to be questioning your purpose. Yeah, here. I mean. I sit with myself a lot and that's the question I have a lot is just, you know, what is the purpose behind my suffering? Mm-hmm. Because like I said, the last three years, it has been just trial after trial after trial of just getting my ass kicked. Like, you know, spending 60 days in the hospital, coming out for two weeks, going back in for another 30 days during the middle of COVID with, you know, no visitors and, and suffering and pain and sick and you know surgeries and you know having medicines and just on antibiotics non-stop and you know having a drain in my stomach and i've had a drain in my stomach for on and off for three years now you know i've i've lost all my muscle mass um i've my whole body is you know completely different than what it was three years ago like I used to walk around 180 pounds and, you know, fit, muscular. I was right. very active. I, you know, would surf three to five days a week. I would ride a motorcycle, motocross, you know, at least right. once a week and, you know, working a lot and shooting photos and just being completely, you know, immersed in, in life. And since then, I've everything just went to a complete halt mm-hmm. and I've lost everything. And so how much do you weigh now? Right now, I have 155. It's 30 pounds. And it wasn't like you were a fat dude when we no. met you. And I, I, I dropped down to 138. Damn. Yeah, I got down to 138. Well, you were slim when we had the uh, art show. Right. Yeah, when we had the art show, I was like 145. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it's just like, it's just non, like I said, it's been nonstop. Like it, it's. 
what's crazy is is that I'm hearing your story and I'm like, so when you were doing motocross and stuff, it wasn't like it was easy goings then. It was already kind of medically tough. Yeah, I mean, like I had but my now, tumors and stuff like that, but it was. But I could live with it. Right. And now, do you look back at that time? You're like, fuck, that was a breeze, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I yeah. would imagine so. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, there was some times um, earlier, no, it was last year. Um, there was a few times where I, you know, we thought that everything was, you know, good. And and I had my drain come out and, the you know, the pick line came out and, and we thought we were in the clear. And I would... Uh, be able to get back in the ocean and surf, you know, a few days. And, uh, then I would get sick again and have to go back in the hospital and so on and so forth. And then there was a point where I said, fuck it. And with my drain and my pick line, I started riding motocross. Right. Um, I would just tuck, I would wear like a, like a Lycra tank top underneath my motocross Jersey. And I would tuck my drain up into the Jersey or up into the Lycra tank top and just ride. Cause I was like, I'm at the point where I'm like, I need to do something for me. Yeah. Right. I need to enjoy. I can't submerge in the water. I can't do anything else. You know, <coughs> I can go ride a few laps and then come in and relax and then go back out and ride a few laps again. And you know, when I have the energy be able to do it. Right. And so I got to, you know, ride a probably like a handful of times until the pain started getting worse and worse and worse. And now I'm at the point where I live every day on constant pain medication. Mm. Um, but like, does it just bring you back to normal or does it even do anything? It, it's crazy the amount of pain medication that I get on, on, like on an all day basis. Man. Like I have, I have a pump. Like I literally am connected to a pump that's pumping Dilaudid into me. At all times. Don't get any ideas, Big Pig Mike. No. It's, it's, I, I literally get 3.3 milligrams of Dilaudid an hour. And every 15 minutes I can press a button and get 1.2 milligrams on top of that. And it doesn't affect me one bit. (sighs) It doesn't change my mental, you know, perspective of anything. Like I don't feel... Loaded. You just like just brings you to a baseline. Barely, it barely takes my pain away. If you're in in this state, are you allowed to smoke weed? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like medically the doctor to me, but I I I personally don't like smoking weed. Mm. Right. I'm just curious. No, I mean, if if I I'm at the point now where, like, I've I've actually like I haven't talked about this with anyone publicly, just with like people close to me. But I feel like I'm at the point now where. I'm fine talking about it, but I started taking mushrooms to, um, uh, to deal with pain, to take mm-hmm. less of my Dilaudid. Does that help? Yeah, it does. It actually helps a lot. Mm-hmm. So I just I, do. I like, would imagine really, it would, might, might help you for some relief in your head as it well, does though, too, too. Right? A lot of anxiety. Change, right? Exactly. And the people that I get them from too are actually doctors um, down at Camp Pendleton that mm-hmm. grow them specifically for um, ex special ops. Why are um, they on mushrooms? Because of the PTSD, the oh, anxiety, everything sure. that they've had to sure. deal with being special ops. And They're special not forces. giving them guns and then giving them a lot of mushrooms and sending no, no, them no. The these countries. these are these are like after they've retired it, and they're dealing with just the, you know, the horror, the, the trauma, the, the trauma. And you're probably be, you're probably being prescribed at measurements of certain it's amounts, and you're very, not just taking no, a bag of fucking mushrooms. No, right no, there. not at all. Right. I, every every capsule is point two of a point two of a gram. I take, you know, three to four, three to five capsules, which is, you know, barely anything. I don't feel really high. I don't feel there's no like psychoactive change. Mm -hmm. I just feel a little bit more calm. Right. My body is a little bit lighter. I'm not in as much pain. I don't press my button as much. Right. And I don't have that, that feeling of like looming fear and darkness all the time. Sure. Well, and that's why they're using so much of it. With people getting off of depression meds. Yeah, that. It's like, and dude. then also, too, ketamine. There's yeah. the ketamine clinics. Like, when I was in the hospital, <sighs> I, they had me on a ketamine drip to, you know, that was another thing they did with to help with pain. Dude, I just read an article two days ago. Researchers in Britain, after doing a 10,000-page multi-year study of studies, 
The British scientists came back and said there is no conclusive proof at all that, number one, depression is a brain chemistry issue, and two, that any of the antidepressants they've been prescribing for the last 20 years has any effect on on anyone's depression. Doesn't surprise me one bit. What the fuck? And antidepressant medicine companies are the ones that are trying to lobby to stop all this sebacillin. Yes, uh, yes. All of it, but they don't want this whole mushroom thing, dude. Yeah, because it's around. natural and it works. Right. And that's the whole thing. And it's pharmace- cheap. And it's pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. The pharmaceutical industry is the most corrupt industry in the world. Absolutely. 1,000%. And it has been since, since the 1800s. That's right. Civil War. Yeah. That's since, right. Eli Whitney or whatever the fuck no, they're called. No, it was the Rockefellers that created the, the World Health Organization. Word. Right. But there's five privately owned families that own all the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And it's Eli something. It's not Eli Whitney. That's a cotton gin. But it's Eli something, blah, 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 blah. They're all still privately owned. They they are raking in billions, trillions, trillions of dollars, and it's all this stuff. They're the ones that set up the the oxycodone. Think about this: they went into medicine, they changed medical culture to put a lot of emphasis on pain management, right? And they did all this stuff about you know what's they give you the faces, you know, and the it's one funny, them, and they're the ones that did oxycodone, oh, and they and told oxycodone. and oxycodone, and they said it wasn't addictive. They told everybody. Oh, did you watch? Did you watch the the Hulu show? No, or? I I read this book called Big Pharma, and it delineates the entire thing, starting when the Civil War with those original yeah. five, all the way through Oxycontin and and beyond. Uh, just how corrupt and how unregulated they really are. There is a show on Hulu called Dope Sick. That's right. All specifically about, about the Oxycontin uh, endemic. Right, and it's insane. And it's crazy. It's insane. Like it is absolutely like. And it was funny, uh, my wife and I noticed this too after we watched that show. When I was in the hospital in the beginning. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, oh, thank you. I'm getting married. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Finally landed that girl, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a, a beautiful day. It was a very beautiful day. But uh, we we were in the hospital and they had the signs, the you know the 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 face right. the faces uh, you know one to ten what's your pain level and over the last three years all of a sudden all those signs are gone right it, after that after all the lawsuits right. happened with purdue pharma right and it's yeah with purdue and all those signs got pulled out of the hospital and now right there's no more of those everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And think about this, Lion is in a position where he'd be able to actually track something like that. Most folks are, you know, their entrance into hospitals is intermittent, so they yeah. might not see that change. This is a witness. Yeah, I mean, you I was there. you was a star witness. I was there so much that I've literally watched. I mean, I was there from, you know, before the pandemic. Right. The beginning of the pandemic, like, you know, when they told me to leave the hospital because it would be more safe to go home, even though I wasn't ready to go home. Um, and then having to go back in the hospital during the midst and the height of the pandemic and being alone through it, you know, not having any visitors and then, and then seeing, you know, the evolution of, you know, allowing visitors and then taking them away and then two a day and one a day and none a day and just seeing how it all changed, you know, the, seeing how the nurses reacted, how the doctors reacted in the beginning to the middle to what it is Mm. today. Right. It's it's really crazy seeing, you know, how it all changed and you know what it's like being in the hospital today is a it's a very it's a very unique experience because right. it's so much different than what it was, you know, pre-COVID. Yeah, and so did you ever ca- did you ever get COVID? Yeah, I got it twice. You got it twice. Did you get the vaccinations? Nope. Okay. No vaccinations. And what, I, what I, happened when you got COVID? Just no got symptoms. Sick? No symptoms. Yeah, both times. I mean, the first time 
I was already dealing with, you know, like having like little fevers every day. Mm. And so I just thought it was my normal just having little fevers until I lost my taste. And I lost my taste and smell. And then I was like, oh, shit, something happened. Mm -hmm. I should go get tested. I got tested, came back positive, you know, waited the whatever. That was in the beginning. That was like in 2020. And I, you know, whatever was the two weeks. Right. And then I just got it like three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Right. From Jesus, Instagram Jesus. Something. I don't know. Yeah. He he was super spread and he was super spread. I probably got it from, Uh, I probably got it from the airport or something like that. Oh, Jesus was there. Yeah. Jesus was at the airport. Sure. Um, But, but let me ask you something. No vaccination would vaccine, would that vaccine compromise something going on with you already? I think so. Just because I now am really receptive to having blood clots. And so, you know, there's the studies that say that the vaccines cause, you know, people to have clots. Mm. And I already develop clots super easily. Like once you develop a blood clot for the first time, you're way more receptive to getting them down the line. Sure. And again and again. And I've had in the last like two years, I think I've had like eight blood clots. Mm. I've had two pulmonary embolisms. Fuck. Mm. Um, How do they catch them? Do they give you regular MRIs or scans? The the two pulmonary embolisms, I had no idea that. Oh no, sorry. The first one, I was about I was supposed to be discharged that day, and I woke up in the morning and I couldn't breathe. <sighs> like I was, I my chest. I hate was, when that happens. My chest was oh, so tight. Um, Sean, Sean, get on that wire, son. We're uh, get on that boy. We're back, we're back to one ear. Get on that wire, soldier. You just want to swap out that phone? Get on that boy. Get on that wire. Give it a little twist. Don't get the cord, yeah. A little just thrust, up, a little twist. <laughs> head. Thank you. <laughs> we're gonna jerk that loose wire. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Sure. No, you gotta get so fucking mad. Okay. So I uh, I woke up and I couldn't breathe, and I was telling the nurse that there was something wrong, and I didn't for, for whatever reason the nurse was a bitch and oh, man. fucking bitch. She just wasn't. She like I'm like there's something really wrong. Like there's like I I'm having trouble breathing. Like my chest is really tight. Like there's something going on and we need to, you know, we need to do a study right now and tell my doctors. And she's like, I think you're fine. I think you're okay. And I was like, so you, you know, need to call lucky. I was like, no, 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 no there's <laughs> something really wrong. <laughs> and yeah, I was, I was blown away by her reactions to Damn, what I was dude. going through. Where was that at? What this, hospital? This is all at Cedars. So I, I spent all this time at Cedars Fuck. and I thought maybe it was at killer King. <laughs> Yeah, sounds like sounds like Killer King to me. But uh, finally, finally, I texted like I I, I'm close enough with all my doctors that I texted my doctors and said something was wrong, and they came in, and we. He's got to start texting because he's got to go the around nurse the ignores nurse. him. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, the guy's got more medical knowledge in his little yeah, pinky than that her. fucking bitch. Ah, you all right? Just dust it off and yeah. you just walk, walk it, it off. Yeah, walk no, it off. Yeah, quit complaining uh, about your it off. Jesus and have another Christ. applesauce. You know no, what? Drain that bitch. stomach. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that bitch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so finally we did a test and found out that I had a full-on pulmonary embolism. And if fuck, I mean, if well, we you did, see that nurse afterwards, or she disappeared after that. I mean, I, I, I saw her, and we just made eye contact, and I just <sighs> gave her a look, just like right, yeah. you right, fucking piece of shit, like, right, right, right. Like, how dare you? Right. Like, there was something wrong, and you were not helpful. Yeah. Like, like what the fuck? Everything you signed up to be, you weren't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean you t- you can't take that out on fucking patients. Yeah. Like the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sponge bath. Stat. <laughs> Neller to the cross. Hanger. <laughs> Publicly hang. But yeah, so I ended up putting me on blood thinners and stayed an extra few days and then it, it went away. And then another time I went in because my heart rate was kind of high and I was having, um, I ended up having low sodium. I was I was like, passing out like when you have a when your sodium levels are low you start to doze off a lot um like you're just nodding off like ah, it's i literally could that's not what keep you got my, big pick mike yes sir i could not keep my eyes open to save my life like <laughs> it was 
<laughs> it literally looked so bad. Like I looked like I was a junkie. Mm. Like I remember I'm we nodding off. In the we went to no. Like, we went to dinner at like one o'clock. Yeah. We went to dinner one night and. I was like sitting there at dinner and I could not keep my eyes open mm. and people were like looking at me like the fuck is wrong with this guy like he is like has to be high. Who's looking at you like that? Didn't know you? People that yeah just random people in the oh, restaurant. I, see. Right. I, I was going to be junkie. like yeah they're like yeah. get this fucking dirt bag out of here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's high on heroin. Were they related to that nurse? <laughs> probably. probably right. You guys got an ambulism you son of a bitch. All right, go but ahead. yeah so we went in to do for other stuff and the nurse in the ER was like, hey, like your heart rate's high. Let's just run this one test and see. And they ran the test. It was like a CT scan um, for your lungs and chest and came back that I had a pulmonary embolism and I had walking pneumonia in both my lungs. Ah, walking pneumonia. Like, and I didn't have, I had no symptoms. Just like weird shit like that has happened over the past couple of years where like Are they studying your tissues? Like I feel like you like yeah, the doctors I, should be like studying your tissues. I every time that I have a tumor that I've had a tumor removed, I yeah. donate my I donate my uh tumor samples to the Desmoid Tumor Research Foundation for them to obviously do studies on it and to see because with my mutation and my disease is so rare. Yeah. That they uh yeah, I mean it's 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 so important to you know for them to get tissue samples. But what about all the exposure to chemo too? I would feel like there would be a lot of information you'd be able to give people based on everything, all the medications they've given you yeah. and your body's buildup or response. I just don't like, know. How's your liver doing? Liver's doing okay. Um, wow. I mean, it's in the past like I've had a lot of uh, calcification and a lot of scar tissue in the liver, but right. over time we've been able to, I mean, your, your body's a matrix, your body regenerates, you know, tissue. If you, if you were to cut out three quarters of your liver, it would grow back. Right. And so over time your liver will, you know, regenerate itself. Right. Um, and so my livers come back, my kidneys are acting up a little bit right now, just with, um, the, I have a tumor in my abdomen that's sitting on my bladder. And it's also sitting on the ureters, which are the, it's, that's what transfers urine from your, from your kidneys to your bladder. Right. And so the tumor's sitting on that. So it's crushing that. So they had to put stents in there. So I have stents in my ureters, which is the most painful surgery because they have to go up your pee hole. Yeah. What do you do? Do they fucking numb it out? Well, they put you out. Oh. But when you wake up, when you wake up, it's fucking, it's Whoa. like, it's torn. It's like, do you feel these like men- you have to pee? Like, oh, it dude, burns like- so oh, fucking bad. Oh, man. It, it burns so fucking bad. And like the first like two days, you just piss blood. Oh. You just, My shit turbing right now. Oh. Yeah, no. And I've had like three of them. Oh. Yeah, I mean, and, have, and I know this is an indelicate question, but this is strictly for uh, medical knowledge. Have you ever had a boner with a catheter in? Uh, I don't know oh, if I have. Well, that would hurt, right? Yeah, that would yeah, not yeah, feel yeah, good. Oh, Haven't a, have you had a catheter pulled out before? No, yeah, bro. I you never yeah, have. Oh, yeah. No, nah, dude, it's all it's, theoretical it's pain for me right now. Mike's oh, had one for sure. Dude, why did you have a tube in your dick, yeah, bro? My diabetes, fucking, I was I was infected from my foot, and they checked for um, what's called osteomyelitis. They were checking my whole system, check my everything, and they're like, "Well, you're gonna give it a catheter, check it out." And I'm like, "Did they have had, to do it when you're awake? Put it in? <laughs> oh, fuck that! They put it. I was hold on, hold on. Yeah, let's, no, let's, no, 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 I didn't say it was a hold on, hold on, hold on. This it's a pipe like that that runs it in your fucking sucks, your cock dude. Stretches out. No, like you ever see? I'm saying no. Wait a second. Right? No, no, I'm not disagreeing. I want to hear Mike. I want to hear, no, hear, hear Wait, wait, wait. Slow it down, Mike. Okay. All right. You had nurses. They touched your flaccid penis. <laughs> and then what? Of course, yeah. And then. Did they give you lube? They gave me fucking the local anesthetic for that shit. So wait, wait, wait. How do they administer the local anesthetic Fucking, from what I remember, the fucking, what I remember because I was halfway out of it because yeah. I was having surgery on my fucking foot to cut off my fucking toe and all that shit. Listen, enough about for, the toe. We want to hear about the But I'm telling you what it's all leading up yeah, to, yeah, yeah. dude. Go ahead. So they Go. did that shit. I was probably 
what happened like about 10 years ago. No, but did they give you Novocaine in your cock? They mean, they had to numb me, dude. I'm, gonna, I'm not fucking hard like that, dude. I'm not going to try to take Novocaine. I'm not I mean, asking. Not, I'm, not, no, sorry, I'm saying I want my pain. I don't want my pain. I want pain relief. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm so saying? So did they give you shots in your dick? That shit fucking hurt, bro. <sighs> they gave you shots in your no, dick? No, what happened was this. Okay. After when they, it didn't hurt going in, but pulling out. Pops. Wait. wait. Oh. Yeah, because you're, you're everything's starting. Look, everything's starting to heal and closing tight. It makes it sound like that. And shut the fuck up, yeah. that dude. True? That shit fucking. Uh, hold on. Because tear. the end, the end of the catheter is bigger than the actual, because it has to stay in, like it stays oh, in your body. Right. So the end of the catheter is bigger than the actual tube, and it makes that sound when it comes out. She look. There's not a smile on Steve's face right now. Look at, dude, we'll look at everybody. <laughs> Out of your bladder, damn near, dog. So it's getting pulled all the way through your fucking. Oh yeah, you feel that thing sliding. Dude, you feel everywhere. it slide, ah! and you feel it come all the way out from the 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 depths of your fucking cock, like way ah! down there, all the way out through the head, and you feel it pulled a whole ways, and you're just like, <laughs> it's like, I was like, you're a like, there's fucking, no feeling like it. It's like that air that goes out of your lungs. Yeah, and you uh, knock yeah. the wind out of yourself. Yeah, yeah. you knock oh, the wind dude. out of yourself. Knocked a win in. So the f- really quick, the first time that I had the the stents put in, <sighs> so I woke up from the procedure and I was just like, I was in my bed in my room, and I was like, my just just like my fucking pee hole just burned so oh. bad, and it was like slightly bloody, and I was just like kind of crying, <laughs> like I was like slight <laughs> slight tears, <laughs> and the nurse was like, she's like, I can put some lidocaine in it. And I was like, is it going to make it feel better? And she's like, it might. It might. And, and so she takes she takes a syringe with like a soft little head on it oh. and shoves it into my pee hole oh. and injects, injects the, the lidocaine gel into my pee hole. Oh. And I remember just sitting there and just going, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. just That's slowly horrible. crying. And it just and it just slowly just oozed back out with blood, and oh, I was just like, oh, "Fucking shit!" Man. I was just like, "Why did you do this to me? <laughs> like that didn't do anything. No, like it no. just made it worse. Oh God! Like what's wrong with you? Seems like you might oh, if I man. shoot some gel up your Dude. ripped up pee hole. Oh, I wouldn't God. wish that on my worst enemy. Man, man. Oh, God. dude, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Fuck. Yeah, no, after after every time that I've had to have the procedures, like I'll have to sit down and pee ah. and take take a towel and bite my towel and scream into my towel <sighs> just to pee. Mm. Like that's how bad that shit fucking hurts. Bite the towel, god damn, bro. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like man. a prison Let's get story. Off the Chile story. Yeah, no. <laughs> no more Chile. Me out, dude. Yeah, We're dude. done with this. Bad memory, man. Yeah. We should tell I'm Chile. Exhausted just talking about it. I trust more, me, man. I know. We should tell Chile ghost stories. Like we should make like scary <laughs> Chile stories, you know? Like uh, it was one night. <laughs> well, you got married since we saw you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so after you bit the towel, no. you you tied the knot. Tied the knot. Right. How yeah. was that? The wedding was amazing. Lux was there. Were no, you? There? Oh, I wasn't. I, you I couldn't fucking, make it. I, you had a catheter. Yeah, I fucking. I, you know, I know something go publicly. So the the wedding's going down. I'm invited to the wedding. I need the RSVP to the wedding. And at right at that point in time, dude, I was making so little money that I couldn't. Put it. I couldn't gauge it to put it on the card because I didn't have a credit card at that point in time. I only had a debit card. Yeah. And I was trying to manage it. And by the time, and then by the time Jessica's like, "Well, you can stay at our pad or at our hotel, right?" Mm-hmm. And I'll just rent a car. By that point in time, it's I'd missed the cutoff date to for the RSVP. Yeah. Then I had called, and you were like, "No, oh, it's fucking shit," and I felt horrible, bro. So I didn't get to be there. Um, my kids were there. Everybody yep. was there. I was so bummed out. And there was a schedule of me to not be in town. But it ended up changing, and it all ended up being too late. So I missed out on it. But oh, yeah, I sorry. saw beautiful pictures. My kids were there. It was, it was a beautiful day. Everything. It, it couldn't have gone any better, to be completely honest. Like, it, it just. She every, said Yes. Yeah, she said yes. Yeah, right. yeah she said yes. Yeah. That's why they had the wedding. Yeah, no, we. Uh, I proposed to her uh, 
over in Kauai in oh, 2019. God. How did you propose? Uh, so we flew out to Kauai. I got I got the ring and I had it hidden in my uh, bedside Catheter. drawer for like a month or two. And I was in the hospital, in and out of the hospital too. So I was so worried that she was going to find, find it. it. Right. But then I like thought about it. I'm like, when was the last time she's ever gone through my shit? Like right. she's, she never goes through my drawers. Like, why would she ever go through there? Like, why am I tripping? Right. Um, and so we fly over to Kauai. And like I was saying earlier, I have a ton of friends over there and family and all that stuff. And and so the first day we got there, we met up with one of my friends, went down to the beach, and like for the afternoon sunset. And I was like, should I do it now? And I was like, no, nah, like, I want to wait till we're just us two and like, do it you know just by myself like intimate yeah and so the next morning it was it was such an amazing trip because our friend who uh owns a house like right on the beach let us stay at the house for free and it was it was just one of those like magical trips you know what i mean like it was just everything kind of came together perfectly i just got out of the hospital and i was feeling good actually Mm. and it was before all the shit you know really hit the fan and um so the next morning I wake up and my plan was to go on a beach walk for the sunrise and, you know, halfway down the beach, drop a knee and, and propose, yeah, yeah. do the deal, wake up in the morning, you know, cause of the time difference, it was probably like 6am right? and it was just pouring rain. And I'm like, fuck me. Like, this is exactly opposite of what I wanted to happen. Right. So we wake up, we lay in bed for like an hour and finally we go to our favorite little bakery go get breakfast. The sun starts to slowly come out and I'm like, fuck, where am I going to do it? Like, I'm really nervous and I'm trying not to let her see like my nervousness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, finally I'm like, you know what? We're going to go down to Hanalei, which is like the main town on the North shore. And there's the pier there. And I was like, babe, let's go out. I want to go shoot some photos at the end of the pier, you know, at the sunrise. And it's just, you know, it's super pretty out there. So we go out there and we're taking photos and there's like, a, you know, a handful of people out of the end of the pier. And I'm like, fuck, like these people need to leave. Like I right. need, I needed to just right. be us out here. And within the next five minutes, everyone left. Oh, and it wow. was just us two. And there was no one else walking out, nothing. It was just us. It was like perfect. perfect. And I was like, hey, babe, go stand at the end of the pier. I'm going to take a photo and then I'm going to come out and we're going to shoot, you know, I'm going to shoot some photos of you. And so she goes out and stands out there. I, you know pretend to take a few photos i snap a few photos and then i set up my phone to video mm. and i start walking out there and as soon as i get out there my phone stopped recording like it was meant to be like it wasn't supposed to be recorded right like it was super weird it just stopped which i still don't understand why and i get out there and she's like where's your camera and i'm like uh uh fuck like oh, so God. nervous <laughs> And fully, like fully blew it. Like asked her, you know, I was like, Danica Jane Locker, I love you so much. Full name. Oh yeah. I had to do the full name. Nice. And I was like, you know, you're everything I've ever wanted. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And I was like, will you marry me? And I was still standing. And she's like, oh, you're not going to get on a knee? And I was like, (laughs) oh, fuck. And then I I dropped a knee. Kind of picky, kind (laughs) of picky. Then I dropped to a knee and, and busted out the ring. Busted out the ring and cool, you know there was tears and it was amazing and and then that was the start of our trip and we were there for five days and beautiful because I, I talked to a few friends and like I talked to a few friends that had waited the whole trip to propose at the end and they're like it was the worst decision of my life because the whole time you're so nervous right, right. And they're like get it get it out of the way as soon as possible. Because then you're going to enjoy the rest of the trip so much more and you're going to feel so much lighter. So I was like, my goal was to do it as soon as possible. Right. And then the rest of the trip was amazing. It was kind of like a semi-honeymoon. It was, yeah, since we didn't get to take a honeymoon because of my medical issues. So we're still waiting on doing that. Right. But you're right. It's better to get it done the way then it's a romantic trip and you guys are all in love and you're having the best time in God's paradise. Exactly. And... Like this, like I said, the place that we were staying at was just fucking magical, dude. Like it was, it was the most beautiful house. And then on the deck there was like a day bed, and like we would lay out in the day bed on the on the deck on the second floor, and like 
Mm. Like just eat fruit and drink coffee. Oh, and fucking love that. Just like, you know, take midday naps out there. Right. And go to the beach all day and hang out with a ton of friends and do barbecues at the house and like go to my friend's house and make, you know, uh, gyozas and just whatnot. Just, <laughs> just, just a, just an epic trip. My wife and I are working towards buying a second home in Hawaii. What island are you thinking about? She wants to go to um, Oahu. Okay. Because she wants to be able to have Tigra, our three-year-old, in school or whatever. Yeah. I'm taking the bar for Hawaii at the end of this year. I have a friend that's going to be doing similar. He just graduated. Um law school here he's taking the bar here right and then he's from Kauai, and then he's going to take the bar over there so he can have a multi-state practice that's what we're going to do yeah and so we'll have like part the time over there and then part the time over in hawaii and have a multi-state practice yeah. between the two so i don't i don't know what he was doing or he's doing with his i think he's doing some sort of uh not real estate but um like land I, I don't know. Like he's trying to like fight for landowners and stuff like that. Right. Or so, development, like stop development or the opposite. I'm not sure what he's doing. Right. So that would be real estate. That would be, that's <clears throat> uh, not landlord tenant. That's the real estate yeah. practice. Right. And that would potentially in Hawaii is a special case. Yeah, it is because there's a limited amount of land. A lot of it is for the natives. Right. And yeah. then some of it's federal. And then also too a lot of missionary family that missionary land that's owned, right? Because I have friends that their families are missionary missionary families that owned large plots of land that can never be bought, right? And uh, the Dole Pineapple Company owns a lot of land in yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, they do. And well, they were on, on on Oahu, right? But then there's like the cornfields, like the Monsanto cornfields over on Kauai as well, right? And there's there's a lot of like weird plantation shit there is actually yeah there's a lot of it so <clears throat> our thinking is that we would go there and i would use the indian connection to work with the local natives to help keep preserve yeah their stuff and do whatever legal battles they need on that side i mean that'd be good yeah that's the that's the plan do california like, like Hawaii. samoans and and i mean because a lot of it's like a lot of it's like you know there's a lot of Samoans there. There's the Hawaiians. Mm -hmm. There's um, the Polynesian, like, you know, Polynesian ancestrials. And, right. And then, you know, then there's a lot of uh, a lot of Asian descent as well. Yeah. Sure. A lot of Japanese. A lot of yeah. Japanese, Filipino. Like, Filipino's really big over there. Right. Like, Filipino's got like, a huge presence in Hawaii. Right. Um, like you said, Japanese, some Chinese, but a lot of Japanese and Filipino. Um, and then the Polynesian, Samoan. Tongan, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that French Polynesia right. type type uh, yeah descendants yeah. So anyway, it's beautiful over there. I love it. I mean, Wahoo's rad. It's just it's it's a, I mean, it's the biggest. It's not the biggest island. Obviously, the big island's the biggest, but it's the most densely populated. Right. And you know, there's town like you know, there's Waikiki and and there's you know all of that stuff where it's like you can. It's pretty much like being anywhere else. Yeah, it's like it's like being in a in a big city. Right. And then you can drive over to the country, over to the North Shore. And, right. And then you have, you know, the west side and the east side, which is a little more on the ghetto sides of things. And, right. You know, I mean, there's a lot of beauty on those sides of the island. Like, the west side is, is one of the most beautiful parts um, of Oahu. It's just heavily localized. Right. And we have some friends over there that I spent a lot of time over on the west side of Oahu. And it is frightening the localism over there right like it is yeah it's well that's where they killed captain cook they did the hawaiians killed that motherfucker said well you ain't from around here are you and then he was well, done i actually just read I, I i'm gonna butcher it but i just read a book um and it had talked a lot about the history of captain cook and then also the other captain i'm blanking on mm. his name right now huh. um and then how everything went down yeah, so, like, I might have read that same book. It describes their. Well, this one, this one's a, it's a, it's a surfing book. It's like about the inner depths of the North Shore and the, the corruption of the North Shore. Oh, so it's not that. And no, uh, it just, it just, it just dove into the history of you know the corruption of Hawaii right. back in you know into the whatever that was. The I was 16th, approached 17th. by some producers who are trying to put together 
the story of the quote-unquote last princess of Hawaii where and it's with the Dole family oh wow where the local governments got corrupted and they kept the princess in a type of prison she wasn't in prison but she couldn't leave yeah and in in order for her to leave she had to sign some documents that gave dole a lot of control over property that's fucked up called the last princess of hawaii and i don't know that it's right to call her a princess though but in in any event was it was it through yeah through that absolutely through kamehameha's family yes because there was there was kamehameha and then there was the second the third and then i was there a fourth? Was the last the last king Kamehameha was the fourth? I think so, but I'm actually just talking off the top of my head now. You got me. I'm, what we should do, if you really want to be fucking sick with it and stop fucking being punks, we should fucking do a Hawaii show. I'm down. With Lion. Just do a fucking Hawaii show and talk about the history, the culture, what we know. Not saying that we know it all. I don't know a lot. Right. But. But we can do research. And we can talk about your adventures in Hawaii, bro. I'm sure you fucking... Mm. You ever go in the ocean and just let the stomach stuff drain right into the thing and watch the fish eat it? <laughs> uh, that has happened. Oh. Has it? Yeah. When Feeding I was, the fishes? When Dude, I was like eight. a barracuda just came... F- oh. When oh, I, you wouldn't want to do that. A oh. shark might come up and bite his ass. I was, I was eight. Oh. Oh. Skates came out of... I had, I, had, I had a colostomy bag, right. and the colostomy bag came off, and I was just oh. shitting in the ocean. Nothing like it, baby. Uh, I got a, Barracudas I got a, came up. I got a fucked up pool story like that. No, we, got, we did the pool story. Remember oh, twice? Yeah, yeah. Right. Twice we did it. And the kids were covered? Because the first pool story, <laughs> oh, Sean didn't record it. Remember? Uh, you had to come back and do it? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. But so, your colostomy bag fell off in Hawaii? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, no, it wasn't Hawaii. It was here. But the fish came up. Did you see a turtle come up and eat it? No, I didn't see a turtle come up and eat it. But, but the fish started saying, there was, perch. I mean, there was definitely something eating shit. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. Hey, hey lion That's man. why the shrimp out there are so big. Exactly. Your, ba- your bravery, bro. Right. Your, your, your challenges, your journey. Man, I, I appreciate you coming and share it with us. Like, Thank you. You know, the good, the bad. And the catheter. The, <laughs> the, the sad, the happy, the, you know, the ups and downs of your life, man. I'm just, uh, I just, I'm so lucky to know you, man. Thank You're you. a teacher of mine. We text every day, right? You. you send out your message every day. And uh, most I try and reply to. I acknowledge them all, but... Um, I try and stay up with you and keep in contact with you as regular as possible, man. I love you. You're a gem. I admire you and just a warrior, man, at every level and a Thank sweetheart you. of a fucking of a guy. So we're here, brother, and uh, and it, hopefully it won't be too long this time for yeah. the next check-in. We'll do. And, we'll have to uh, do it. We'll have to do more often. Yeah, just like having you around. Right. It's good. I love you, Lion. Hey, you guys. Give Lion Haran, at Lion Haran, a visit. Uh, Follow his page. and uh, What's your Instagram? Lion underscore Heron. And your business? You got, do you still selling the... Yeah, lionco.la. So L-Y and C-O dot L-A. Right. There you go. Are you dropping anything anytime soon? Uh, We should probably do something soon. We've been slacking hardcore. Um, you got goods right now. Yeah, we got we got stuff online right now. You guys got to go over to it. Mm-hmm. What's the website? Is there also it's a website? Just, it's lionco.la. Lionco.la. You go support my boy Lion. He's got dope shit. So go over there and go buy a shirt the, the today. Fish are eating and <laughs> Lion, sir. It's an honor. It's a privilege to serve with you on this show. You've come aboard. You've shared your experience, strength. Part of the Hard Luck family right there. Right. And I want to say, you keep on popping those little fucking uh, mushroom caps, my friend. (laughs) I might be joining you soon. I don't know. I don't know. But I might be joining you soon. Might get a little crazy. Might get weird in my mind. But Ovana Bone LLP, we wear braids to court. Two-state practice, multi-state practice coming. Both sides of the Pacific. Yeah. And with that, I want to salute you, sir. You're a scholar and a gentleman and a warrior. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was uh, an honor as always. Yeah. Now I turn it over to the rear admiral. 
Sean at movemental.media for all your audio and podcasting needs. Uh, Mike? Just okay. want to say it's been an honor to sit with you, man. Lion, um, nice to see you again and meet with you and just to listen to what you're going through and share your experience, man. Thank you. Um, it's very, um, for people out there crying about their life and you know, you're strong as beyond I've ever met and they've ever known. Thank so you. just mad respect, bro. I appreciate Look that. Look at that. Not even selfish. Didn't even plug himself. Just gratitude. That's yeah. the attitude. Uh, Catheter Mike. Mike Angelo <laughs> Photography. That's starting. Mike Angelo Photography. How's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Mike yeah. Angelo Photography, right. man. Up Look close. Catheter shots. Check it out. Instagram. Looking to shoot like lion, man. www.supermaxhardware.com. Vibes. We just dropped the summer capsule. Check us out. Cookies. At Cookies SF. At Vibes. Papers. Um, shout out to Esteban Oreo and Burner and uh, thanks to Enzo's Pizzeria oh, for subs. catering uh, vegan, the vegan subs. fucking subs and oh. eggplant sandwich and and <laughs> where, I also want to where, where, oh where's we got this? that right over there right, right, right over there we'll, we'll have uh, right after we're gonna, we're gonna right shout here. down big pit, and uh, everything. Uh, big shout out to uh, Jesus <laughs> uh, to uh, Instagram Jesus Thanks happy for birthday all the COVID buddy Calco and Pulpo Beard Oil Pulpo. big shout out to both of you oh, guys yeah. and like we do about this time adios amigos from the Hard Luck Show I got a clean dick too so. I got a clean dick too, so. Oh, I get it all the same. I get it all the time. Same thing. So he took off that part about no gold things. Need a clock. But his profile says this: looking for that special woman. Why would you put that on there? Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Keep going. Okay, can I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, actually, just that clause right there. Can you just kind of? Yeah, and relax. Because this is a fucking woman that we're not telling what to say. Right. We're just reading your benign. I'm listening. All right. Thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.